What did we just watch, Kevin? We watched Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. And first off, there will be spoilers. Yeah. I think there's a spoiler in the first, like, two minutes of Yeah, the I film. guess there is, yeah. <laughs> so. There is a significant plot event that could easily be spoiled that we probably will. Yeah, so we'll spoil it. So yeah. if you don't want and spoilers, uh, don't listen to our listen. podcast. This is our first impressions without having done any background no, research no work on what we're watching besides pulling up the ib i d m b yeah those are letters i'm being cast list. yeah i had the letters you did you had all the letters and i sent them you sent every single letter i did and this movie was very cagey about its marketing yeah never really i saw the preview for it and i i really liked the initial preview for it even not knowing what we were getting because it was the the preview that i saw multiple times was a little paper boy yeah singing on his walkman throwing newspapers and then you see you don't even see the faces yeah you see like the back of the heads of barb and you get an idea of this like Minnesota middle aged like Midwestern, from the from the eighties yeah. and nineties sort of the mm-hmm. poofy hair and the well they weren't yeah. outdated clothing at the time yeah they feel they feel a little dated. Out, outdated today uh, and nothing yeah. nothing about I the did plot. I did figure out that Kristen Wiig was one of them oh well yeah I knew that pretty early on even without seeing her face I knew she was Barb or Star. Um, but yeah, you don't get a real sense of, of what the movie is. Uh, What's it going to be about? Yeah, well, it's, a, really these two it's about Barb and Star go, going to Vista Del Mar. What more? How are they going to construct a plot out of this? Yeah. It was, I, yeah, had, I figured something must be going on for them to really be showing <laughs> so little of the movie. And then it just, like, slipped under the radar because it was supposed to be released during what ended up being the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then just quietly went to VOD. Yeah. And... and It so didn't make a big splash. Which I not, think is I think is a shame. I think I, we should lead off with people should go see Barb and Star vis, go to Vista Del Mar. I enjoyed this movie. <laughs> I laughed a lot. It was so weird, though. It was It was so very weird. Weird, but and I'm surprised. I loved that. I like it. I, I like kind of reminded me in like the Bill and Ted space. Yes, this is just weird. Absolutely, I'm just go with it. Yes, that is a hundred percent where I was at as well. I don't know if you can compare it to like Dumb and Dumber because I've never seen Dumb and Dumber. What? <laughs> Hold <laughs> up! You've never seen Dumb and Dumber? No. It never looked like my kind of film. Wow. Do I even own Dumb and Dumber? I don't know. Do you? I don't know. I may not. I may not own it. That was a formative film for me. I feel like I know this about you. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> but I have never seen it. It never looks like my type of humor. Although I wouldn't have said that Barb and Star is my type of humor, but I... I I don't know. I, I laughed. I was delighted. Was so well done. Yeah. It was so strong. Yeah. I think it's it's worth mentioning, because I, I think this is intentional to a certain extent. This is an Adam McKay, Will Ferrell production. Yeah. Like, this, they're not in the movie, which is fine. I mean, Adam McKay doesn't act, as far as I know. 
Um, but Adam McKay's gone on to like produce fancy artsy movies a lot. Yeah, but he and Will Ferrell are the producers on Succession. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Is like they're 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 producing Motherland, Fort Salem. I didn't know they were producers on that. Yeah. That's fascinating. So I didn't see that. They do a lot more. I mean, obviously, Adam McKay is not just comedy. Yes. Well, he did. He did The Big Short and yeah. the the movie about Dick Cheney. Okay. Maybe yeah. some that one of the vice presidents. That, yeah, I think that, that. I think he directed that one as well. <laughs> um, and yeah, so he he directed those, but their production company is broad. They they put out a lot of really interesting stuff, but this felt akin to some of the classic Farrell McKay comedies. Yes, of, yes. Of the early aughts. Yes, with women. With women, which is fine. Done well, because a lot of the Farrell comedies... Of the yeah, no, some of like, them are not good. Oh, you're... Yeah. I'll say Ron, Ron Burgundy movie did a lot of lifting for a lot of the other Farrell McKay movies that were not as good. And... and Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, which is its full title, is a fine movie. I don't think it's... I think it's eminently quotable, and that's why it got popular, more so than it being, like, a comedic masterpiece. And this I wouldn't call a comedic masterpiece, either. But it was very funny and very fun way to spend an afternoon. I think Kristen Wiig and and Momolu... Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. Momolu? Momolu did so well. Oh. They were just in perfect. character. I loved it. The whole time. They were a hundred percent themselves and it was perfect. Themselves being Barb and Star. They they were living these characters. They were you know this doing things in sync. Yeah. Completely. Oh you could you believed that this like, was a pair of women who had been best friends their entire lives. And ever. And just know what you know, can complete the other sentences, yeah. other thoughts. They are just know what they're thinking by looking together. at them. I think one of the one of the best bits. I mean, there's so many good bits. There's a lot of good bits. Um, also, I think it's interesting. We jumped in the positive things right away. We're in, whereas in like in the heights, we started in like yeah, but we take it what, we take it for granted that like in the heights is a perfect film. Yes. I think we're excited about this being such a good movie because we didn't expect. Yeah, we expected. <laughs> It could have been very dumb and yeah. and low quality. And to be fair, it's kind of dumb. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, but in a good way. It's dumb, done, done well, done intentionally. Yes, done smartly. Um, <laughs> one of the bits I liked was when they were talking about Trish is the perfect name. Oh, on Trish! The I loved that bit. And the bit just kept going, and I was like, "This is too long." It just keeps going, but it worked, even though it went too long. Yeah, it come it came back around. <laughs> but in the moment, I was like, because they're, they're talking about like Trish is the most perfect name. Yeah, and they, she's just such a great person. And then they like fully flesh out what the ideal Trish, her what her entire life story yeah. would be over the course of this plane ride. From got two piercings on one ear, but just one on the other. Yeah, <laughs> and and it just keeps going and going yeah. and going. And then ends with a perfect payoff. Yes, yes, callback. I'm not going to spoil that, because I think it is too good to spoil. Well, that's the thing, is there were so many Chekhov's guns yes. in it. Like, so many references that I wasn't expecting to have uh, a Meaning? payoff yeah. later on. But they did, and then they kept doing it with like yes. all of the references. Yeah, it was so well constructed in that way, because it... 
again, there you, there's the sort of type of comedy that Farrell McKay, I think, don't do this as often in their films, but I think of, like, the Seth Rogen era where, like, half of the film's dialogue is just improvised jokes that they do over and over mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, like, Anchorman had that because they had enough extra footage, they made a second yeah. Anchorman movie out They're of it. They're not working from a very tight solid script. script. But this movie was so tight yeah. that they could do these goofy bits that felt like they could have been tossed off but were very based in character and then have successful payoffs in the latter half of the film that... Like, that's tight film construction, which you don't usually get in these sort of slacker bro comedies. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the examples. Like, the turtles come back. The turtles, yeah. Um, the, I mean, like, the friendship bracelet they mm-hmm. get yeah. comes back. I mean, the um, banana boat. It, the banana I, boat. I think closer to a running gag, but still very good. Um, I'm trying to think. They were just very subtle. Yeah. Uh, examples that just kept It created depth of the universe of this film, um, which we should acknowledge is not our universe. It's a different universe. (laughs) It's next door. Not in a literal, like, parallel dimension sort of sense, but... Well, it is a weird, like, place in time, because it seems to be modern day, but they are so stuck in this like, yeah. white womanhood of the 80s and 90s <laughs> kind of... Yeah, like, well, and you don't you have cell phones, but you don't have, like, smartphones. I have to think that this is Kristen Wiig and and, uh, um, and Momolo like, channeling their mothers and aunts <laughs> that they grew up with around that time mm-hmm. in the Midwest. That's yeah. what it just felt like... It felt, it very, felt very lived in in that to, sense. Yeah. To me, where they're not... Um, making fun. No. Of that. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that I think worked really well is that they were funny people, but there was never like jokes at their expense or that denied their humanity, (laughs) which I think you can very easily fall into with a movie with these sort of goofy characters at the center, which I think is reminiscent of something like Bill and Ted. Like, Bill and Ted are very earnest characters. They're very sincere in what they do. And a lot of weird, goofy stuff happens around them because of that, but, like, this felt like a Bill and Ted movie in all the best possible ways. Yeah. And there's, like, it's... Like, there's... It, like, the clothing is dated, the hair is dated, they're supposed to be kind of matronly, mm-hmm. they keep referring to being middle-aged, yeah. um, kind of like a Golden Girls aesthetic, mm-hmm. um, although, pe- I mean, people love the Golden Girls. Yes, they don't rightfully so. Think they're, <laughs> like, ugly and outdated. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are of a moment. They are. Of, so it's kind of like we transferred the, the Golden Girl aesthetic <laughs> Mm-hmm. Into a modern, yeah, a more modern, a more modern adjacent, yeah, world setting. But yeah, the date was kind of because even in the the hotel was like this eighties nineties motel hotel yeah. chic. Yes, um, reminded me a lot of the hotel in uh, Jane the Virgin. <laughs> oh yeah, the color scheme because it was yeah. blue and pink, which in it was the coral aqua and, and coral, aqua yeah, in Jane the Virgin. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I also saw that and I was I kept trying to read something into the film like what kind of message is it sending about this specific type of white suburban womanhood <laughs> and 
the relationship between the two women and are they going to queer code it as like um, are they going to be a couple mm-hmm. and so there's blue and pink everywhere is that like the bi coloring <laughs> I kept trying to read all of these yeah, messages yeah the movie and, kind and, of fights any of those reads and I couldn't <laughs> It's, uh, I mean, it's a very much in a culture of whiteness. Yes. Film. Yes. Um, but it's not making any commentary. No, the the film on that I think actively resists any sort of commentary there, which is not a bad thing. But it's interesting how they manage to avoid doing all of that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Because, yeah, I kind of expected some queer coding by the end. Like, I thought maybe they were going to be a throuple. Yeah. Or that they were going to discover that, you know... They needed each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That they they already have a very intimate relationship. Yes. Um, And I think that another thing that is not necessarily queer coding, but is cool, is that intimate relationship is never played for laughs. It is never a joke how much they love each other and mm -hmm. care for each other. Yeah, I feel like I see. I keep seeing all these articles being passed around on social media about the lack of how we value intimacy and platonic mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so that made me think of this very much values. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. That intimacy. Um, it doesn't need to be a romantic relationship to be valuable. Yes, but it totally could have gone that way, and I... Would have been fine. (laughs) Wouldn't have even been surprised. I wouldn't have been surprised at all. Yeah. discovered that they truly, like, love each other. Yeah. Um, And... And also it's a musical, sort of. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of... As we got through, like, the second and third acts, I was like, we need more music, please. Yes, I would have loved some more music. music. Uh, One or two more songs would have been great. Because we got... Like two numbers, and then there was a the guy in the bar singing about boobies, <laughs> which was like an a not an extra diage just a diegetic yeah diegetic song song in the world of the yeah the- Richard Cheese is apparently a character that he that actor plays like he does lounge covers of popular music as Richard Cheese, so that's because if I, I know that only because when I was looking at the cast list on Wikipedia. Everyone else has like their actor name, and then it's like this guy as Richard Cheese, and his and Richard Cheese is the linked thing, mm-hmm. not his name, because <laughs> that's his like stage persona outside of this film as well. Um, yeah, there were all these like under-emphasized cameos. I'm trying to remember all of them. Like, can't Andy Garcia shows yeah. up as Tommy Bahama? <laughs> <laughs> Just perfect, um, yeah. Who is not a real... Not a real person. Not a real person. But is a call to, like, the brand yeah. of Tommy Bahama. Or you had, um... Uh, Vanessa Bayer as the head of the talking club. I don't know her. Oh, well, the head of the talking club. She's an yeah. SNL alum. Oh, okay. She might still be on SNL, for that matter. Um, uh... She's. I think she's very close to breaking out, kind of like Kristen Wiig has, mm-hmm. um, and and many other SNL alums before them. Um, I think she's on that cusp of like about to get. Somebody's going to give her that role that she's just going to like 
blow up she with. She was very funny as like the ruler of the talking oh. club. <laughs> also, the talking club is that a real thing? I have no idea, but well, it was that's so why good. I was like, is this the commentary of suburban white middle class womanhood, <laughs> where women get together, often under the pretenses of book clubs or like bunko, really just to talk, which is yeah. fine. Yeah. But what if there really was just a club a talking. for talking? And you pull out subjects of talking and you have from to talk a about and that. you talk about that subject. Those are the rules. And if you break the rules, you get kicked out of talking yeah. club. You get kicked out of talking club. But she was ruling with an iron fist and made very funny facial oh, expressions. Just perfect. As the character. <laughs> talking club. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, but thinking about the musical numbers, yeah. the first one we get to hotel, and it's very much of like that 1950s, 60s, mm-hmm. where you feel like the synchronized swimmers are going to break out. Mm-hmm. In the pool. There weren't any, sadly. Sadly. But, um, but there could have been. There there could have been. Um, the And then the number that Edgar does. Oh, uh, talking Jordan. to seagulls. Jamie Dornan has been wasted on the Fifty Shades movies. All I kept thinking was, because that's the only face I know yeah, him from same. is Fifty Shades yeah. as, as, as the main guy. And I haven't seen Fifty Shades, but I have, a, you know, this stereotypical idea of mm-hmm. that his character, what is his name in it? Jacob? Jacob Edward? Gray. Mr. Gray. Mr. Gray. Right? I don't remember his first name. Know. Anyways, is very much of the, like... Brooding, sexy, mm-hmm. um, I'm so sexy, look at me. Yeah. Not, no personality. Yeah. And that's, and so like, it is this like, cognitive dissonance. <laughs> of and watching him is, be very Mr. funny. Mr. Gray being totally silly. Yeah. Being very uh, silly. And also he can sing, apparently. <laughs> well, he was, he was dancing, he was yeah, singing bringing out those fuertes, like, um... <laughs> Yeah, how his life is like a seagull, or his love is like a seagull. No, he was I, just telling the seagulls how sad he was. Uh, I yeah, think. I don't know. His unrequited love mm-hmm. for the villain. Should we talk about the villain? Yeah, we haven't talked about the weirdest thing in this entire movie that should not work as well as it does. The moment it started, I was like, oh no, this film is not for me. <laughs> I, I know. We are two minutes in, this film is not for me. Totally reasonable, because it is out of nowhere and should not work. <laughs> I think that's true of this whole movie, though. Yeah, is it it's, should it's not just work like as well as it does? Line of, of smart, dumb, funny, or yeah. or just dumb, stupid. So the villain, who is also played by Kristen Wiig... Okay, I wondered. Yeah. As uh, Sharon Fisherman was apparently her name. Okay. It doesn't... It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Um, who is... A cartoon villain. Yes. Like, she is in this super pale white makeup... She has black this hair, black bob, bob with the widow's peak cut into the mm-hmm. bangs and is cartoonishly evil. Yes, she just 
has one evil plan with really no structure or (laughs) there is no nuance or subtlety to her villainousness she's hired a scientist to make evil mosquitoes that can murder people Mm -hmm. um through a complicated mechanism that is core to the story of the movie such as it is um and is going to unleash it at vista del mar as an act of very complicated revenge against other people (laughs) In Vista Del Mar. In Vista Eventually, Del Mar. we get to the backstory that yeah. like she was made fun of as, yeah. as a kid. But she's not going after those people. No. She's just going <laughs> over the city. city of Vista Del Mar. So, yeah. from the beginning, this is set up as a ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Also, she has boring. a superhero lair or supervillain lair. And they labeled as lair. Oh, was it? I Do missed you know, that? When he gets into the. So, the little boy with the newspapers. <laughs> Goes out to a tree in a field and he gets scanned, which at that moment I was like, this is not for me. I am not going to like this. And this tree opens opens and there's an elevator inside of it. And then he pushes the button that says lair. I missed that. It's the only button. It's the only button. It just says lair. (laughs) And he goes down this elevator into a room where his, there's smoke comes and his outfit changes. Yeah, he goes from his paperboy like, uniform uh, to a, like, the black turtleneck, black sports coat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the henchman um, outfit. The henchman outfit. And it is the most two-dimensional uh-huh. villain and plot. <laughs> and yet it worked. It worked? I thought of it, like, it's kind of a callback kind of... To, Bond villains, which don't yeah. really have. I was thinking about Austin. Powers. Oh, I, yeah, there was definitely, particularly with with Kristen Wiig playing the villain and also the other main character yeah. or an other main character. I've also never seen Austin Powers, so I don't know. I'm less mad about that than I am Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> no, I think Austin yeah, Powers is an important cultural. No, I'm not mad about Dumb and Dumber. Um, Austin Powers is an important cultural film, but I can say definitively, it's not your kind of movie. <laughs> Well, I didn't think that Dumb and Dumber yeah. would be... Dumb and Dumber might not be your kind of movie, but Howard loved Dumb and Dumber. Well, Howard had good taste, yeah. so... Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so cartoonishly evil villain um, with a cartoonishly evil plot to kill everyone via deadly mosquitoes and this homing beacon that attracts the mosquitoes. And why why mosquitoes is the way to kill the town? Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What about the mosquitoes getting out and into doesn't the matter. world? It doesn't matter. Why does evil Kristen Wiig have a tiny boy as a henchman? <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter. And Jamie Dornan has her other henchman slash, like, crush. Or he's got a crush on her. Yeah. She she doesn't she doesn't hate she doesn't she, like she doesn't him she's just using him yeah that's the 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 two books that they're reading oh the pop psychology yeah what to do when the person you love doesn't love you back but pretends to love you to get something out yeah. of you I don't know if you know if they have the same you. author yes Vincent Bubbles <laughs> a good joke so of course Jamie Dornan's character Edgar mm-hmm. goes to the same resort that barb Barb and star and then there's you know like a love triangle thing happening Mm -hmm. and um 
Although it moves away from love triangle pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I think is a is a strong choice in terms of like the conflict that comes between Barb and Star, which we'll get to the nitpicky stuff. I don't know that you needed a conflict between Barb and Star. I think you could have done it without because like I think about Bill and Ted and similar like duo films where you don't have to have a conflict mm-hmm. between them. Um, but the conflict about Barb and Star was about them like realizing that they're not always in sync and they don't have to be always in sync and that's yeah, still have okay. They to do everything together. Um, and sort of the fear of growing apart from their friend because of that and from hiding each other and things like that. Um, although the three of them, Barb, Star, and Edgar, definitely all had sex together. Yes. But it, no, there's no commentary made no, on that. No, it's just a thing that happened. <laughs> It's just a thing that happens. And they were all fine with it. Um, After drinking the sunken treasure. (laughs) I mean, the joke kind of is, uh, is Jamie Dornan is like an impossibly beautiful human Mm -hmm. being. Um, And he's with these two women that are like, Conan is not attractive, but they're not not attractive. Um, so I never felt like they were making fun of no. women for being ugly well, and, or something. And because they were so grounded as as people rather than characters, it never felt yeah, it never felt like it was mad at them or making fun of them for for looking different or being different. Um, and Edgar dug them. You know, he was there was never any sort of question about that or. You know, internal like his internal battle was: Well, do I stay with Barb and Star, who are awesome, or do I go back to the evil villainess who doesn't love me? Yeah, I feel like he might not have a good history with healthy relationships. Yes, um, that may also play a part. Yes, uh, in how quickly he and Star fall in love. Yeah, as well. Well, they don't necessarily. I mean, they do fall in love fairly quickly over the course of the film. It starts out as not love, though; it's purely physical. Yes. Which is funny. <laughs> She's the star is like, let's have sex on those hard wooden stairs over there. Before I go. And they get out of the sex position and she's still wearing her like capris. Yeah, culottes. Uh, no, those weren't. Uh, oh, those were capris? Those weren't culottes okay. yet. Because culottes are like puffy. Well, they were wearing culottes for a lot of the movie. They were wearing. So they, I just guessed. The culottes were very important. Yeah. Just a perfect character moment. Like, just nailed it. Uh, we haven't mentioned Damon Wayans Jr. Again, a bit that shouldn't work. Like, the whole time, the bit with him is he keeps <laughs> accidentally revealing all this private information himself. He's trying to be, you anonymous know, and anonymous secretive. spy. Uh, very and he just keeps telling people things. And it just keeps happening. And the joke should wear off and not be funny. And it... Doesn't it manages to be funny till the end? Uh, yeah. What didn't you like about the movie? Here, we'll, we'll be negative for a moment. Oh, um, for the sake of balance. Oh well, it needed more musical numbers. <laughs> it did. It did need more musical numbers. I think it got kind of slow in the second half, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Jokes weren't quite. 
has on. It became too plot focused. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think the the honestly the fight between Barb and Star or fight or like the separation of them went on longer than it should have um, because they worked so well together. Um, like I felt like oh we put a conflict between them because we felt like we should rather than because it needed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean I don't have to I don't have to have positive and negative no, things you to don't. say about a film. <laughs> In fact, I don't have I can critique something without being negative at all. Oh yes. Which is I feel like what happened with In the Heights. I yeah. just want it to be more perfect like Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just be more perfect Even better. it's so amazing. Yes. Uh, I did write a few things. What did I write? I wrote, I guess it's a musical. Um, I wrote Laser Owl. Was it the owl that scanned him on the tree? Was that what that oh, was? Yes. Yes. Uh, subtle joke that just kind of blew by. The store they sold it, they worked at at the beginning, mm-hmm. only sold convertible couches. Like it was called Jennifer's Convertibles. And so all of the things they sold were were couches that turned into beds. That was it's a good joke. Uh, I love boobs. It's a good song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the last note is unabashedly goofy and uh, enthusiastic, which is great. I loved it. Uh, I was I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So it's a shame it didn't really get any coverage coming out especially as a, a comedy by and, and starring, starring women. women yeah which has been such a contentious issue yeah um, um when annie momolo who co-wrote this with Kristen wig also wrote uh bridesmaids right which was a very big deal for her but i feel like she didn't get a lot of the focus on it it was a lot of paul feig who directed it and then went on to direct Kristen Wiig in Ghostbusters, and the other people that were in Ghostbusters. Yeah, well, there's contribute like men didn't want to see bridesmaids. They didn't think it would be funny because women it was about women, and yeah. if you're a man, you can't find women funny. Yeah, in in women's situations like bridesmaids. <laughs> so bridesmaids is a very funny movie, also. Yes, <laughs> and then Ghostbusters, of course, controversy with yeah. Some men on the internet just lost their their minds. Yeah, um, that it was going to be remade with an all yeah. female cast. But not a lot of act, not a lot of big acting credits for her. But I think she did a great job she, and yeah. and you know held her own against Kristen Wiig, who I have always maintained is a great actress, who was terrible in everything she did on SNL. <laughs> uh, I every time I see an SNL sketch with Kristen Wiig, I'm like, this is bad. How did how did this happen? I can't comment because I I, yeah. I don't know. Her Which I just fi- I find fascinating only because like she's clearly a good writer like she knows what like she wrote this and I love this so I'm I'm always surprised by that and most of the time on SNL people in sketches are also the ones writing those sketches so yeah, just a thought uh, I would love for this to get a sequel yeah I thought it was like it needs sequel-able. it's it's sequelable you do Barb and Star go to this place. Needs to rhyme. With it does Star. need to rhyme. But I, that's... I was working it out in my head last night. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar in a car, or <laughs> 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 I was trying to make it rhyme. 
what the sequel would be. I mean, there's lots of lots of places you can have that end in R. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be fine. Okay. I don't know. If you say so. I want them to go other places, though. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd be perfectly fine. In, and I love Jamie Dorman in this, but I'd be perfectly fine if they just jettisoned him for a different hot guy funny actor. Yeah. In the next one. Well, it would be like Austin <laughs> Powers and that. The, yes. The, the female sidekick always changes. Yeah, just poof, gone. <laughs> Because they held up this movie, and it was very good. And it is a shame it didn't make a bigger splash. But hey, if you got Hulu, you can go watch it, and we strongly recommend it. That was real good. It's a little weird. It's real weird. It's a lot weird. <laughs> we didn't talk about all the weird stuff. There's more weird stuff we didn't talk about. It's weird. <laughs> but it made us laugh. Yeah. And I'm glad I didn't turn it off after the first two minutes. <laughs> Yeah. Make it past the first two minutes. But, but now we've spoiled it for you, so if you were like... Yeah. If you it's hard, hadn't watched it's it... It's hard to do a podcast and yet. just go like, I like the parts that were funny. Here's all the parts that were funny. Um, I don't know if they'll play as well, but uh, I would definitely watch it again and enjoy it again. So. And do recommend. Give it yeah. a chance. Although it's definitely not going to be everyone's type no, of humor. but that's okay. Yeah. Doesn't have to be. We have a Patreon. Should we talk about the Patreon? We have a Patreon? Tell us about our Patreon, Kevin. Uh, it's a website you can give us money at for every episode of this podcast we produce. You can go to patreon.com slash five degrees and support us on a per episode basis. You can also set a monthly cap in case we record too many episodes. What? And you're like, no, that's too many episodes. You can decide that and stop paying us for that month. Uh, which is fine. We're not mad about it. We appreciate all the support we have from those of you out there who are supporting us on Patreon. It's a big deal. Uh, there are two, count them, two perks you get when you support us on Patreon. Uh, the first one is you get mega unedited episodes from the moment the microphones turn on to the moment they turn off, which mostly means talking to our cat. Uh, but, you know, if you want to hear us talking to our cat even more, uh, you can back us on Patreon and get those episodes. Same content other than that, but just, you know, more. Uh, you also get a list of the movies we did not watch. Every time, or almost every time we watch a movie, I give Amy a list of usually about five movies to pick from, and then she picks one, and then we watch that. And so you can see the movies we didn't watch. And, you know, pretend you live in a parallel universe where we did. And one day we might watch those movies. Yeah, they movies come back. come back on the list quite often. Come back. Um, I think Barb and Star has been on the list before. So if you've been a long sporting patron, you would have known that this was on our radar as a movie to watch. It just, just happened. Yeah. So we watched it this week. Yep. Um, but the podcast itself will always be free in your favorite pod catchers via RSS, the best really simple syndication system out there. And we'll probably slow down a little bit this month because we're moving. Yeah, we've already been a little slow this month anyway. Because it's summer. Because it's summer. Things and keep happening. Doing stuff. Weekends. Um, which is why we do a per episode basis. So if we're not making stuff, you're not paying us on Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to still be here watching movies, making things. And, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll make Amy record a podcast in a car. That's a terrible idea. Are we going to watch the movie in the car? No. Because that we sounds would, like a worse we idea. We would have to watch the movie in, like, a hotel room or something. Yeah, I'm sure our listeners will love hearing the, the car noise. Yeah, of maybe we don't interstate. record it in the car. Maybe that's a bad idea. Um, 
I had I had a ridiculous idea that I have decided not to do, which is like, what if I wrote, edited, and filmed an entire video essay about a road movie while we were doing a road trip? And that would be neat. I don't I have the emotional. Be a stressful yeah, trip. no, I don't have the emotional <laughs> or intellectual capacity to pull that off because, like, it's a big deal that we're moving. Okay, so instead, we're probably going to listen to War and Peace. Yeah. Which we Just won't some make light it, fun we stuff. We won't make it all the way through. No, it's a long book. It's a long book. It's a million hours on the on the, on the apps. Yeah. Uh, was that all the stuff we're supposed to I say? Think that was all the stuff. Cool. So. So. Say good night, Kevin. Good night, Kevin.